0: Monday night, 8 o'clock, we're back on Auckland's Razor, coming to you live, East FM, 88.1, 107.1. I'm Jim Birchall, Sam Collier from Haunted Auckland is here again.
1: How are you, Sam? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Bit of rain around? Yeah. yeah. maybe I can have a little bit longer than a four-minute shower.
0: Absolutely. Makes a change. We've been on water restrictions here on Auckland, um, and it hasn't been a lot of fun, particularly if you have tank water uh, like I do. Uh, So I'm quite happy to see it sort of... uh, Pissing down, for lack of a better term. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so big, big show uh, tonight. Friend of the show, Darren Wedlock, uh, has come back on to talk to us. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the absence of God and within the paranormal. I mean, we hear a lot about demons, we hear a lot about a- angels, but uh, the big man himself doesn't seem to make too many appearances when it comes to paranormal phenomena. Are you hearing us, Darren? I am Jim, hi, how are you doing? Excellent mate, the line seems okay, you're coming to us from Dunedin, is that right? Uh, No, Cromwell this time. Cromwell this time, excellent. Very cold Cromwell, I understand. Oh yeah, it's brilliant, it's a wonderful place. Absolutely, you must enjoy those hoar frosts and things like that down there.
2: (laughs) Well I haven't seen the sun for about five days. Oh fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) All <laughs> right, excellent.
0: Um, as we said, we've had you on the show before. Um, Darren, you're an author. Uh, your book, Voices from the Unseen World. Um, basically about um sort of the sort of esoteric world and and what these entities are trying to tell us and how we communicate with them. Um, you describe yourself as a I think as a trans communicative uh, researcher, yeah. um, and obviously you're a bit of a paranormal investigator as well. Just before we go too far down the road, um, Darren, just wanted to talk about your recent uh, ghost sighting that you had at a place called St. Bathans in the uh, South Island. Just paint the picture for uh, listeners, if you could just just where you went, why you went there, and why this place had a it has a haunted reputation.
2: Oh, it's an amazing place, Jim. And hi to Sam, by the way. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, good. Sorry to leave um, you, Sam. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a fantastic place. It's um, the Vulcan Hotel in St Bathans. Um, I haven't. I'm 51 now, and I haven't actually seen much of New Zealand to my shame. Yep. Uh, and my sister and brother-in-law decided to treat me to a, a night out at the Vulcan Hotel. Um, and I, boy, am I glad they did because it's just amazing. It's uh, nestled in the, the middle of nowhere, um, and it goes back to the 1880s so and, that, that,
0: that area sorry that area was used as a uh, for gold mining and stuff like that
2: yes. yeah absolutely yep. and it's good an amazing history even um uh the paleontology of the place it's like the geology of the place um it's quite unique it had um you know crocodile uh fossils and things like that it's an amazing we place not really yeah, yeah but the Vulcan hotel itself is I had gone there with uh knowing the rumours and the legends about it being a real paranormal hotspot. Yep. Um, I didn't expect that much, to be honest, but, uh, and we didn't get a heck of a lot, but, um, I did some EVP sessions and recorded somebody calling out for David about four or five times. I don't know who that is. I've yet to find who that is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I snapped this photo from outside while my sister and I were walking around and, um, there's an odd object in the window and I I'm not going to say it's a ghost but it just further adds to the mystery of the place
0: <laughs> it's like- absolutely and it wasn't without precedent um for what i understand i'll bring salmon on this because he's more of a uh, ghost hunting expert uh well obviously you know you're a lot better than me anyway <laughs> um there had been a photo quite recently uh only a couple of weeks before darren's in fact um of something quite interesting in the window i think it was a woman wasn't
1: it yeah yeah that was the one that you um You tagged me in, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. yeah.
0: And and to me, I don't know if you saw this as well, Darren. I think we mentioned um, off air you might not have already seen it before you took your photo. Um, But, Sam, what did you think? I mean, I thought it was was a pretty good image if it's real.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could see what people were talking about. Um, I would have liked to have seen the bigger picture, maybe get a feel for what was around. Maybe it was a reflection. Maybe there was a statue behind the photographer, something like that. Yep. or maybe there was a painting inside the room leaning against the um the window, but yep. um you know, when when it comes to windows and things, pareidolia is always a big thing that that um especially because as the glass bends over time yeah. and stuff like that, and you know, yeah. refraction even, comes into things as well. Even again, cloud formations it? in the background, yeah, um, you always got to take those into account. So it's very hard to tell when you're not actually there, at at the scene. What,
0: what did you think, um, Darren? Your investigation was it was it thorough of the whole place, or were you confined to one room, or restaurant, or bar, or area in particular, or how, how wide ranging was it? Was the net?
2: Uh, well, we had free range of the place. But, yeah. um, I, I hadn't really anticipated going to to actually do a uh, an investigation. It was more just a chance to spend some time with family and friends and uh, enjoy the atmosphere, which was fantastic. I mean, the history of the place is amazing. Yeah. Now, something odd, a couple of things did happen that were quite unusual. Um, Apparently, my sister was sleeping in the next room and she heard me um, uh, having a conversation with somebody at 4.30 in the morning uh, in my sleep. And Having been married for four years, I can tell you I'm not a sleep talker. Yep. Um but it just seems Cause, weird because you'd here. hear
0: about it if you were Darren.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, but you know, so room one does kind of hold up to its expectations. You know, even if your expectations are, you know, pretty high. Pretty
0: high. Pretty yeah close. Excellent. What did you get a chance to look at Darren's picture, Sam?
1: I may have done. I, uh, to be fair, I see a lot of photos. You do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I may have seen it, but um, yeah, are you able to, to describe it to me?
0: It's, well, it's much like uh, described in the in the previous photo from the English tourist a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Darren, it, to me it looks like a female form. Um, the face, the features look female to me. Is that the impression you got?
2: Yeah, to me it looks like, well, I'm saying subjectively, of course, to me it looks like a um, a female from like a third quarter kind of angle. Yep. Yeah. Um, her face with a large something over her head like something old fashioned but um. yeah, I, yeah, I
0: was thinking sort of some uh, sort of hair net or something like that maybe she was some sort of manual worker that's the, what I kind of pictured
2: yeah,
0: yeah. But as you said you know these things are pretty subjective and, and Sam you can back me up on this that um, one man's periodolia is a is another man's
1: prize isn't it that's right yeah, I mean, to be fair, there are no right or wrong answers at the moment. You know, like I said, you've got to be in the scene to actually really know your situation yep. um, and make a judgment call on it. Yep. Um, You're not going to convince everybody, obviously. But.
0: No. So you didn't see anything at the time, Darren? It was just on, on reviewing photos afterwards?
2: No, no, just reviewing photos afterwards. And, yep. um, and like Sam's saying, and what you were saying is true, Jim. It's like, if it is pareidolia, I'm sure somebody out there is going to see Elvis sitting in the window. <laughs> Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Uh,
0: interesting. Just moving on, Sam, um, you're out on the latest Haunted Auckland Expedition. I understand you went to my birthplace, a little town west of Auckland
1: called Helensville. Yep. Tell us what happened there. Um, we were spending some time in the courthouse there. Okay. So um, what charges were you up on? <laughs> All of them. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so it was an interesting night. I hope to spend some time there, and um, it was relatively quiet. Um, it's under under a little bit of renovation, so yeah. Um, we were there was a few restrictions, yeah, um, as in there were still still uh, materials for the renovations around. So yeah. Um, as for any activity during the night, we didn't necessarily experience anything uh, firsthand. We, um, video footage and audio footage is still under review did you do evps as well we did do evps um there is one instance where i've still got to go back and have a look where we thought there may have been a whisper over the top of some of um our questions nice so have to go back and listen to it and what did they say or what we, we, they we couldn't we couldn't tell at the time okay so we we did like a, a burst evp session where we are asking questions, then playing it back to ourselves to see if we could hear anything. Yeah, um, And then at the end of the night, we would leave the recorder going just in case. Um, but yeah, during the birth session, we were asking questions, playing it back, and we thought we may have heard a whisper, but of course, with our own ears, we don't necessarily know until we go back and listen to it maybe with headphones and isolate some of the sounds.
0: Were you in unison in hearing
1: the sound, or was it just one or two of you heard? Um, I think two of us heard the sound. I wasn't sure. So that's why I, I feel like I – I mean, it was my recorder, so yeah. <laughs> I'll go back and listen to it and see if I hear anything. And, and um, if it's worth worth reviewing, I'll put it back to the team.
0: Yep. And what gives um, – Helen'sville is used quite a lot in films uh, because of its uh, – well, it's, its main street looks very sort of art deco in 1930s yep. and 20s even um, – so it, it has that aura about it being a bit old, bit spooky, that sort of thing. Um, what's the genesis of the reports of hauntings at the, at the
1: courthouse? Um, well, the story goes is that in terms of, of um, casualties there, there was a feud between two family members and one was struck with a Mm-hmm. And um, allegedly there is a mass scene on the ground as in like a maybe a blood stain or something like that that grows and and comes and goes over time yeah um and generally there's a feeling of unease maybe when there's high emotion people people get angry there yeah um which is understandable in a court huh? yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I think more recently it was used for for smaller crimes like yeah. a parking tickets and sure. that. But in the beginning, it, uh, I think it was like a, a Maryland thing. So,
0: well, Helensville was a bit of an outpost in the in the um, colonial days of yeah. of Auckland City. So that yeah, I mean that makes sense. I yeah. can see there were probably a few trials that were perhaps a little bit unjust were, were undertaken there as well. Yeah, uh, in the old days, It was a whole new sort of BLM in those days. Yeah, absolutely, I mean, <laughs> real different kettle of fish. Um, so Darren, when you were at the it was a Mercury was Vulcan? Sorry, the Vulcan Hotel in St. Bathans. Um, aside from your photo, any um, we well mentioned the EVP, but any you know strange feeling and feelings of uneasiness, cold spots, the uh, atypical symptoms of a ghost investigation.
2: Well, you're definitely cold spots um, that most people tend to, to feel. Um, yeah another weird thing that happened was when my sister and I first turned up, we went over to the actual blue lake to have a wee look. Um, and we were, we had just walked up and we were looking down and there's this, I just kind of can't I find it how to explain it actually, but there's this large black shape in the water. Um, it seemed to be affecting the water almost like a vortex, um, moving up the lake and, I actually pointed it out to my sister and said, what on earth is that? Because it was quite large. Mm.
0: Um, Are you, sorry, are you talking kind of like a whirlpool sort of a situation? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was
2: either like, it had that kind of look to it. Yeah. Um, And there were people standing down far on the right side um, for scale, so this thing was quite large. So uh, that's another wee odd thing, but apparently the lake's haunted itself, so. The lake's um, haunted? yeah apparently apparently the some of the miners were um had an accident in there and they've just been covered over so
0: well that's yeah that wouldn't be unlikely either in the uh, old days. they didn't really have the um sort of occupational health and safety uh, <laughs> requirements yeah. that we have now, correct.
2: Yeah, and that thing's deep. It's like 120 meters or something like that. It's Jeez. unusual. Yeah,
0: Sam, have you, have you ever investigated uh, the South
1: Island? I know you've
0: done some trips an hour or two north or south of
1: Auckland. Not down the South Island. No, no. Um, some of our team members have. Yep, um, been to the Vulcan as well. Yep, uh, it's it's on my bucket list. Yep. Yeah, definitely going to go there at some stage. Probably now, more now, more than ever. There you go. Well, we need another pick because we've got two so far. Yeah,
0: um, I did post your pick, Darren. It's uh, blowing up on Facebook. I think so. Um, that's good. Um, yeah. yeah, where exactly is um, St. Bathans for the uneducated, uneducated Aucklander?
2: Uh, the closest I could give you a reference to is Alexandra. It's about 70 kilometres northeast of Alexandra.
0: Northeast of Alexandra, okay.
2: And it's way out in the Wap It's It's a, a real surreal, um, beautiful place. It really yep. is. It's yeah, amazing. Okay. And the town
0: formation was as a result of them striking gold? so all the fossickers came and that sort of thing?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They used to have more um, pubs and churches, of course. And, of you course. Know, um,
0: <laughs> and probably houses of ill repute as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And apparently the girl that, um, you know, we were talking to the, one of the owners of the hotel and um, they'd said the girl that was uh, reportedly um, murdered there uh, had been a prostitute and um, that she was hiding gold under a floorboard so that possibly might be I, I've looked up in the uh, papers past etc I can't find any reference to it but I no. mean, the room it persists so.
0: I think I'll ask about this a lot of Stories contain a prostitute or someone, someone down on their luck, or yep. you know, it's sort of the lower ebb of society, suffering um, a fate at the hands of a you know someone higher in the social chain.
1: Yeah, it's usually like a, a fair maiden of some sort. It or, is, isn't yeah. It? Um, Do you think that's just romanticising it? I mean, obviously it could have happened, but yeah, it could have happened. Um, yeah, who's to say? Really,
0: mm.
1: there's a lot of grey
0: ladies, isn't
1: there? There is a lot of grey ladies. Yeah. Um, you know dare I say it. Do women hold more emotion than than men? Yeah. I think
0: I think the answers to that. To yeah, is, it, is that a safe
1: question? Or I mean, maybe, maybe that's part of it. Just yeah. uh, you know, especially being a lady of the night, and if she she operated from the Vulcan, mm-hmm. um, yeah, certainly there'd be high emotion in that place, wouldn't there? Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of activity there, and a bunch of pissed up miners as yeah. well, of course. Absolutely, trouble. and of yeah. course, if she if she's been murdered, yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've heard the stories that I think she's she doesn't like men staying there, so wanting to exact her revenge or something like that. Fair enough, too. Oh.
2: Yeah, that's that's why I thought it was unusual. I was actually talking with somebody in my sleep. It, my sister sounded like I was talking to somebody in the room. So, um, which I, as far as I'm aware, nobody's ever told me I sleep talk. So.
0: Is there a room in particular that that, that holds the most activity, uh, Darren, or is it the yeah, hotel room in general? One, room one? That's
2: where I was staying, but uh, room one apparently is where she, the poor girl was um, murdered. Oh, so.
0: is that right? Okay. Um, and is that the sort of thing you ask for at reception when you check in or do you, do, do you pre-book it or how does it work?
2: <laughs> well, you can do, yeah. Yep. I mean,
0: they're yep. quite accommodating. So I can um, actually see Sam doing that. You've probably done that before, haven't you? Um,
1: yeah, um, not at not that Particular hotel, obviously, no. but, yeah,
0: April yeah, four, yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'll do it again. I request
0: the murder room, <laughs> yeah. please. Yeah, and you will do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to tonight's main theme, uh, Darren, we were going to talk about um, the absence of God um, within paranormal phenomena or, or, or hmm. you know, tales of paranormal and that sort of stuff. To me, um, I, I wrote a couple of notes down here. I'm just sort of... Uh, I'm wondering why these things are so distinct, Um, because to me, um, I'm not a religious person, so I'm going to have a different opinion to Darren, and, and I know Sam thinks a different way as well. Um, but as I say, why is the paranormal and the supernatural, for lack of a better term, distinct when it comes to involvement with God? Is that because we we don't want to sort of cloud the deity, so to speak? We don't want um, God to be involved in something that may or not be true? Where do you sit with that? Is that me, Joe? Yeah, go for it, mate.
2: Yeah. Yep. Um. Good question. Uh, you know, I've, since I published my book, I, it's, all, it's my one-string fiddle. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> yeah. The question is, you know, why is God kind of overlooked? He's referred to lots of times, especially in the field that I'm interested in, the um, inter-transdimensional uh, communication. Yeah. Um, now, God is mentioned a lot in the paranormal but, um, in some aspects. you got a lot of crazy stuff out there. Are you
0: are you talking about um, when sort of uh, someone burns their toast and it resembles Jesus and things like that?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Or you know the likes of Steve Huff or um, yeah, channeling Eric or you know sure. they'll chime in and give their opinion on God. You know? Sure. Um, but coming from a theological uh, point of view, a biblical point of view. Um, Yeah, I have to to question, why is he seemingly left out of it? Um, And I think people are, I mean, I'm probably one of the least religious persons you'll talk to. Uh, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God, but I don't go to church. I don't perform any religious duties or uh, partake in any religious ceremonies. Um, And people do shy away from religion. Um, you know, the classic case of people saying, well, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can see a distinction, but to say that God is left out of the spiritual, that's a different uh, different matter. Mm. Interesting. Sam?
1: Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, I think um, as much as we don't like to admit it at times, even, even researching the paranormal is somewhat of a religion at, at the yeah, best of sure. times, you know, uh, sure. it's our own personal belief. And yeah, we follow it, we have a we have a faith in what we believe that's in. That's an interesting way to put it.
0: Um, just just clouding it a little bit, um, I've noticed a lot of people involved in paranormal investigation also have interests in the dark arts and quite a lot of them involved with stuff that others might call Satanism, not necessarily so, but certainly imagery that that they would want you
1: to believe that's what the kind of thing they were into. Um it's, it's definitely a stereotype yeah um i mean i'd be lying if i said i wasn't in heavy metal music to yes. get horror movies yes. as well but you know um i think the whole um romanticism of, of demons and evil spirits especially in terms of paranormal in the tv shows um i'm not a big fan of it to be fair i think it's it's just one of those um if it bleeds it leads sort of yep. sayings where it's, it's going to get ratings and you know if it works once and gets high ratings because people are into it mm. then they're going to keep doing it yep. um as far as i'm concerned paranormal research isn't about that it's um especially with us it's about collecting data and um wanting to show a little bit of evidence maybe or, or collecting something that we can say, hey, we don't know what that is. Mm. Um, what do you guys think sort of thing? Yeah. Um, we don't have all the answers, but we want to provide a little bit of something that we can say, hey, this might be what we think is paranormal. To me, the um, as I said, well, you know, I'm an atheist.
0: I'll, I'll go straight off the bat with that. To me, it seems... Apologies if it offends anybody, but to me it seems absurd that people would um, believe in an invisible man who lives in the sky but at the same time not believe in the possibility of being visited, you know, by a specter from the spiritual world or even the possibility of anything paranormal, and I'm going to include UFOs or the possibility of life on other planets. Yeah. I mean, as I said, that sounds absurd to me, Um how does the the two get separated? How does someone who follows a doctrine or a faith or follows anything, you know, with, with gusto, how do they make the distinction between the two? You know, if, if a you know a lightning bolt hits a tree, falls in a car, and kills someone, is it an act of God or is it paranormal? You what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, I yeah. guess it depends on upbringing and uh, social yeah. conditioning. Yeah.
0: But I find just the, it's almost like half of the person's brain is switched off to possibility if they're told uh, from birth that to believe, you know, in one, whatever deity they believe in, um, and everything else, you know, that, that's gospel and everything else is, is up in the air. That, see, that fascinates me. Yeah. You can believe in something that I consider paranormal, but not believe in everything else.
1: Yeah. And I think um, it comes down to understanding. And and um, accepting different beliefs. Hmm. Um, I mean, I've I've been told, I oh, you know, what you do is occultism, and <laughs> it, it really isn't. It's it's more. So it was on the money. Then it's it's more <laughs> to me. It's more science and yeah. and something that's I can I can present as something that might be factual. Yeah. Um, but didn't Alistair Crowley try to do that originally, and then he sort
0: of got corrupted into, and he sort of just went on a slippery slope from there.
1: Allegedly. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stories. I mean, it, it, it's about filtering what's the truth and what's a, a bit of embellishment as well when it comes to Aleister Crowley. Mm. Um, do, you th- do you think he wasn't, you know, the devil incarnate as he was
0: portrayed or do you think he was just an eccentric guy with a few interests? I think
1: he was very eccentric. Yeah. I mean. But intelligent. Very the, intelligent. the stories are interesting. Yeah. Um, would I like it to be real? Yeah. Yeah, I'd that like it sure to be real. Of course I would, you yeah. <laughs> know. But um, where's the evidence?
0: Yeah, yeah. So Darren, so someone um, you know who believes in an afterlife and so forth. As you, I'm presuming you, Darren. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're you're someone who who yeah, believes in it. heaven and hell and that sort of thing. Um, Is that something you just you just take and the rest of it, if something paranormal occurs or happens, you, you know, you just take that as something that you need to look into further. You need to research to make it fact um, as as opposed to something sort of you're brought up with like religion where you sort of it's ingrained in you that it is fact.
2: Yeah, no, well, I mean, you know, I, I became a Christian when I was 17, so, and I'd been searching until then um, yep. into their cult and things like that. Um,
0: That's right, we've talked about that before, haven't we?
2: Yeah, and yep. when things do come my way that I can't fit in a box, you know, as people tend to want to fit things in a box. Um, so for me, when, you know, whether it's Sasquatch or UFOs or how that fits into the biblical model, but I do come from a biblical framework. Yeah it's not so easy to explain sometimes and i don't fully understand a lot of things but um just going back to your point jim about the, the people's um proclivity for wanting to um idolize demonic things uh <laughs> you got to ask you know i mean like I've researched hundreds of hours of um, YouTube uh, clips of people doing these um, ghost box recordings, and you'll get people doing, believe it or not, you'll get people doing rituals, you get people doing dances, <laughs> to supposedly bring up the dead, you'll get people making offerings. And, you know, these are people that say they're not religious, but they're spiritual.
0: Do you ever get? Sorry, I'll just cut in with Sam. Though Sam, do you ever get a point where you're sitting there and it's the middle of the night and you're you're pissed off because you're not getting any EVPs or or shadow men or anything like that? Do you ever start thinking (laughs) maybe that's that's an option? (laughs) Was I doing rituals? (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, you conjure something up. You know,
1: I don't know about about rituals. What about Ouija boards and stuff like that? Ouija um, boards and yeah, yeah, Ouija boards. Uh, they're just parlor games really as far as we're concerned
0: Are they, it, are they sort of part of your equipment that, that you would um,
1: use? Not part of our equipment we will use them um, in public events just as more of a, a tool to show people that we believe um, in the idiomotive effect that yep. it's, someone's always pushing it right? Yeah. Um, so safe as far as I'm concerned that I let my own daughter use one In one of our public events, and I said, "Look, you know, she's she's a 13 year old girl, and she wanted to have some cool stories to go back and tell her friends." Mm. Um, And she said, "Oh, would you be okay if I use this Ouija board?" And I said, "Yeah, sure." Um, I said, "I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you to make up. uh, I'm going to. I'm not going to make up your mind. You you have to make up your own mind about it." So she's sitting there at the table with another group of people, and this planchette is moving and. She comes back to me, and I said, "Oh, what do you think?" She goes, "That lady over there was pushing it." So you know, for a for a young girl to to believe that, you know, well, there's always somebody that's that wants to to mm. move the planchette more than everybody else, and and uh, whether it's conscious or not, I don't think it's paranormal. It's just a game. I mean, mm. end of the day, wedger boards were were sold as ga- as games as as a speaking tool for the spiritual realm, for maybe. Uh, people that were psychics or something like that to use and communicate. Because in a collective action, like, uh, you know, a bunch of people
0: participating in a, a Ouija board or something like that, um, eight, well, eight or nine out of ten people um, are just going to status quo and not try and, you know, do anything controversial, blah, blah. blah. You might get someone who's had too much to drink or something pushing it around a bit, but then there's always that one person, isn't there?
1: There's always that one person, and a lot of it comes from association as well. Yeah. So if you were to use the Wedgie board and then all of a sudden you went out and, and crashed your car, yep. are you going to blame your driving or are you going to blame the Wedgie board? Ouija board. Definitely.
0: I saw a number plate before six 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 six. Okay, I think that's right. Six Mm. sixes, anyway. Either he's a very good cricketer, or he's a,
1: or he's a double Satan worshiper, or he fell asleep on the keyboard when he was ordering his (laughs) license. (laughs) What do you think,
0: Darren? Oh, that's good to be getting that number
2: plate, regardless.
0: Absolutely, Prince of Darkness. And he was driving Um, driving a black Audi as well, which that's (laughs) fitting, isn't it? European uh, yeah. car,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I've uh, simply what my point is is, um, you know, again coming from a biblical point of view, and having looked at the paranormal, gone back into the paranormal, and and used um, uh, research the ghost box. Uh, you, you get a raft of, um, like Sam said, data. You know, you get rafts of evidence uh where voices are talking about angels they're talking about demons they're talking about heaven hell uh, they're talking about uh, sheol which are, they're using greek mm-hmm. terms you know the biblical language for for hell or the afterlife um you know, despite this evidence uh people tend to ignore it it's whereas i'm saying well stay back and look at the big picture Instead of just repeatedly asking the spirit how many fingers am I holding up, wouldn't people stand back and have a look at the big picture and see if it fits into any context? And my um, my point is that it fits into a biblical one very nicely. Mm. So, mm.
0: But could that could that be because the stories of the Bible were ex- inspired by paranormal events? Well. I mean, did, a, I did an eighty-year-old man build that giant ark and, and organize sort of two of each animal to be sort of come come from around the world and fill it up? And that's some that's some pretty good logistics for a man of his age.
2: <laughs> well, it depends on what your definition of paranormal and spiritual. I mean, paranormal sure. on this show
0: anything goes, Darren. So right.
2: <laughs> the definition of paranormal is anything beyond scientific understanding. Yeah. Know? Um spiritual, I think we equate that more to um deities and
1: um, yeah. Um mm. yeah. my question though is um do you think religion was more prevalent in the past in New Zealand, especially, or is it more prevalent now? Um I'm talking in terms of making communications. Was there more an influence in going to church having a a religious background lifestyle when you're trying to communicate with spirits than it is now so say if you were in a building and and you start hearing um sort of religious speak does it necessarily mean it's it's uh angels or or higher deities or is it someone that's um had more of a religious influence
2: Mm. yeah well well, yeah exactly i mean that's a good point but you know, these, these voices are coming out with, they're actually claiming to be angels of, okay. of Jesus Christ. Um,
0: here's one, sorry, here's one for you, Darren. Um, I don't know much credence you give to um, sort of psychic mediums and stuff like that, but not so much memes, but um, you know, vehicular sort of, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? When, when the spirit speaks speaks through a person. Channeling. Mm-hmm. Channeling. It's Channeling. a with yeah. So I just Lost my train of thought. What cringe you get to channeling? Example, my uh, auntie uh, had a friend who was able to channel, um, this is many years ago, but able to channel a, a I suppose you could call him a deity, called Abraham. I think it's, I mean, the story was that it was the Abraham from the Bible. How, how true that is, I don't know. Anyway, I've heard the tapes. I heard them as a kid. Um, they weren't video recorded because, you know, this was the 80s, I suppose. Uh, and someone I know used to go and visit um, this woman who went into a trance and this Abraham came out. Um, basically, the tapes, it scared the hell out of me as a kid because it starts as a woman, turns into a man. Now, either she's got some something not quite right upstairs that allowed, you know, some kind of spit personality disorder um, going on, um, or this is a real phenomenon, I don't know. But I was always intrigued by that because... The fellow who channeled himself through was the Abraham from the Bible. But the, the, the issue I have with all of this is when these channeled spirits come through, they're never like Sam Collier. Do you know what I mean? They are <laughs> just to throw under the bus.
1: When it, when it does happen, it will be, though.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're always Mary, Queen of Scots, or, you know, Abraham from the Bible, or I was once, you know... Um, you know, the Cleopatra and all this sort of thing. It's never anyone, you know, boring, is it?
2: Well, no. It's, um, it's, and like I referenced earlier, um, there's a woman in the States. and the Dear lady, poor lady has lost her son when he was 18 years old or something. And she has this YouTube channel called Channeling Eric. Mm. Now, she had this psychic medium who would channel Eric, apparently. And Eric's coming out with stuff like, well you know, Jesus isn't real, you know, all this kind of stuff. And she actually, apparently this psychic, I watched one vid, I actually did a video on it, but there was one vid where she says she's in contact with some Indian girl who's alive right now in India, but in spirit, she's actually really Jesus, and she's saying that Jesus didn't really die on the cross and didn't really get put into a tomb. And rise again from the dead. And I think it's very strange that these spirits, if she's channeling the spirits, they're coming across and um, quite blatantly denying uh, what the Bible They seem to have a nefarious agenda, if you know what I mean. Um, and I, there's a lot of that. It's like.
0: <laughs> could could that
2: just be someone
0: stirring the pot? They, you know, are hoax are trying to, um, you know, to to ease people off, you know, following religion so much? Or maybe they've got well, some sort of agenda
2: like that? Well, it could be, but you wonder why do they never speak about Buddha? Why do they never speak about Muhammad? It always seems to be Jesus that they're centered on. Mm. And I think there is an agenda behind it, uh, a dark one.
0: Are, you, are we starting to talk about the Vatican here?
2: No, oh. <laughs> that's where no. my mind
1: drifted are, to. Are you are you referring to lies and deception, or yes,
2: yep. yeah, mm. um, you know, I mean, even our concept of demons. Well, where does that come from? For most people, it comes from a Judeo-Christian uh, context. Yeah, yeah. Um, angels. I mean, I was watching earlier today as an Irish lady that says she communicates with angels all the time, and there's feathers dropping around her and all this carry on. But oh, wonderful. That's, that's not based on biblical um angels it's based on christian tradition yeah and angels in the bible are never described as having wings for a start yeah So yeah it just yeah, how much of it is just nonsense probably a lot of it you know mm. um some of it's probably just blatantly um i think quite evil mm. Mm.
0: And I think um, upholding, you know, I think for for an outsider to religion, I've always thought that, um, you know, a book that tries to set someone on the right path in life isn't necessarily a bad thing. Well, obviously billions of people (laughs) go agree with that. Um, I suppose over time things get twisted, they get manipulated, Chinese whispers come into things, embellishment. um, And for someone like me, um, elements of the supernatural are written into the into the narrative. Um, I mean, you know, the, th- the three wise men following the star and all this sort of carry on. I mean, Ezekiel's will. Ezekiel's will and even the Immaculate Conception. You know, I mean, where do we draw the line here? You know, what what do you believe, and you know what don't you? Where do you What's sit? On, where do you sit on the? Sorry, Darren, particularly with the um, with the Old Testament. Um, that, that was sort of more the the lack of a better term gospel uh, of the time I think there was you know written sort of the ship was a bit tighter at the time and you know the the world wasn't as big as it was when the you know the next Bible was done so I think you know the spoken word there was probably a bit closer to the truth yeah <laughs>
2: Well, it certainly wasn't. If you look at the text, uh, the collection of texts, it's not written as a, certainly as a scientific document. Um, No. How did
0: we reach this point, though, in 2020, that something that has no basis in science has billions of people people drawn to it still?
2: I wouldn't say it has no basis in science. It's like... um, the people at the time used the best terminology and the best words and the best understanding that they had at the time. Mm. So it's a bit unfair to go back and with, our, you know, cumulative lived knowledge and say, so, well, there were such peasants, you know, they didn't, well, some of them were peasants that wrote some of the <laughs> Old yeah. Testament. There were shepherds, kings, you name know, it, they were written by a whole vast swathe of people. Mm. Um, but they had the understanding of the time and the context, uh, yeah so what they're talking about is as best they can, their concepts and their ideas about god and for most Christians, I would say say that it was inspired by God um, so to pick at it today and say, Well, you know it doesn't follow the science or whatever it's It's not the point of why it was written, if you know what I mean,
0: yeah mm. Mm. but if you're asking to people to believe in things that are contained in the Bible. And then you look at it from a scientific point of view, you're not going to find too many answers, eh?
2: Well, yeah. You know, asking somebody to prove the resurrection of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, <I> <laughs> <laughs> But it's a matter of faith, you know, not yeah. blind faith. You, know, you have to go by the what the text says. And, and for me, when Jesus says, you know, whoever believes in me, I will give him eternal life, I believe that. Yeah. Uh,
0: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Sam, do you ever have EVPs come across to you sort of saying something that, you know, something, some
1: scripture or names that sound biblical or anything like that? No. No, not really. No. Um, yeah, we, we've had names, but nothing. I mean, obviously names, can you can relate it back. Mm. Um, well, you can always tie them into the property and stuff like that in some way. You can, yeah. 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 Um, you know, sometimes biblical names are normal names anyway. So sure. you've got no way of, of telling if it's just a name and that's all you get. Um But no, I think I think you're on the right track with saying that it comes down to interpretation as well. Mm. And if you think of of back when the Bible was written and they described angels coming down from the heavens and they they're depicted as having wings and things like that, and you think, well mm. back when they were writing the Bible, what else Came from the sky. What else flew? Birds, you know. Yeah, Yeah, and they they talk about you know chariots in the sky. What else do they have? And 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 didn't have many other words for other vehicles, did they? No, no.
0: I've always thought the chariots were probably meteorites. It's probably yeah. That was my best best
2: guess. What do you think, Darren? Um, I'd have to say well, you know, the people of the day had knowledge what chariots were. So yeah, did they look like? actual chariots probably not but that's the best way they could probably describe it
0: yeah uh, well they wouldn't have had a word for anything for anything else would they no so, yeah if, and if you saw a, a meteor streaking across the sky you'd probably say a flaming chariot or which hey that makes sense yeah mm. sorry my phone's just going crazy we'll look, <laughs> ignore that for a second <laughs> I tell people not to uh, text me when I'm on the air, but it doesn't always happen. So sorry about that. It's
1: all those people you're offending. It is. I mean, yeah, you know, there's, <laughs> there's an angry mob <laughs> outside. So
0: it's it's pitchforks and torches and that that sort of stuff.
2: Any more books planned for you, Darren? Uh, not at present. No. Um, yeah, I'm still recovering from the first one, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I I tended I ended up being the meat in the sandwich because a lot of Christians didn't like what I had to say, and a lot of paranormal people didn't like what I had to say. Sure. So.
0: <laughs> did you did you get a bit of heat on Amazon? Did you?
2: Uh, no, I had a lot of Calvinists. Um, oh, really? Come after me and um, I believe every every word in the Bible is literal.
0: Yeah. Um, we should get one of them on the show. That would have gone down well.
2: I wouldn't have got out of here alive. (laughs) I was debating people with master's degree in theology, and and, uh, it was quite intense, yeah.
0: It would be. Mm. Imagine having a master's degree in theology,
1: just I know everything about the Bible. Oh, Mm. (laughs) You know? It's just like saying I know everything about the paranormal with us. Exactly. (laughs) There are no experts. Mm. No one was there at the time. No one can prove it. Well, I mean... Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can read the the book front to back and say you, you know it word for word, but yeah. Yeah. again, it comes down to interpretation, doesn't it?
0: Absolutely. Uh, Darren, I was just want to talk a little bit about the EVP recordings because uh, we've got Sam here as well. When I see them on these shows, um, when I say these shows, you know what I'm talking about, Ghost Hunters, Ghost mm-hmm. Asylum, whatever they're all called. Um, the guy that Sam hates, what's his name? Zach and Zach Bag. Why do you hate him so much? I don't know. He
1: just doesn't wear he might adult size
0: clothes. Now, now he's probably not a fan.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, demons took his eyesight. Mm, <laughs> I, I lost. He lost
0: me when um, he did that episode sitting on that rock, and he sort of pretended to be possessed. Did you see that, that,
1: one? that That's every episode. Well, does it? Does he do that a bit? Does yeah. It? I mean, uh, it, it, it's it's ratings. Yeah, it's it's ratings. ratings. Yeah.
2: You get into those shows, Darren. I used to watch, uh, what was it, Most Haunted, the I mean, yep. English one, which yep. was um, quite good.
0: Uh, I was like Kath, the assistant. She was she got scared before anyone else in every episode. And Derek Akora. And Derek Akora. Uh, May he rest in peace.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, myself, it's like, I mean, why rely on a show when you can go out and do it yourself? It's, True. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one of the most hot spots that I've ever been to is the old district of Cromwell here. Um, and I, I think I said this on the last, last time I was on, but I went into the blacksmith area there and I got the most amazing, um, EVPs, uh, saying, I want to see you burn. I want to see you burn in hell. You know, I thought my ex-wife had died or something, but <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, you can just go down there and record, uh, stick your iPhone camera on or whatever, you know, you film it, and you'll get these voices popping up in the background people yelling out, can anybody help us? Or, really? Yeah, it's a really amazing. Sam's
0: right? jumping yeah. out of his seat now. He wants to get down there.
2: Yep. Oh, it's amazing. Um, well, I you really he... think if, Sorry, if somebody ahead. heard that in real time, people would be looking around saying, well, who needs the help? But, yeah. You know?
0: I wonder if, uh, you know that silly little theory I've got about psychometry um, and I told the story about the the copper bowl that was belted back down um, out of shape to make something else um, and the voices of the people that made it had sometimes, the sound vibrations become trapped in the copper and as it was hammered out, you could hear them talking. Um, I think a blacksmith would be, a pretty primo place to pick up um, something like that, particularly if there was still artifacts like you know left over from the you know the original sort of tools they used and stuff like that—the anvil and hammers and that sort of stuff. Imagine the stories they could tell. You got them working around. Have you? Do you know much about psychometry,
2: Darren? So um like holding objects and knowing
0: the history of them, or to what? an extent. Yeah, yeah, basically.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've heard of that before, and I've. Um, yeah, apparently it's it's uh, it's a phenomenon. So,
0: nothing you've experienced yourself?
2: Uh, no, no, I can't say that I have personally. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't disclude it. I'm sure there's maybe some truth to it, right? maybe. Because
0: <laughs> some people say they just pick up, a, you know, an inanimate object, and you know, they see visions of all sorts of things, and um, which seems a little bit convenient. Because again, it, it comes down to the. Um, you know, I was Mary Queen of Scots. So sort the of thing again, these people's visions always seem to be the Hindenburg blowing up, or you know, something like that. It's never anything
1: blasé. Mm. Do
0: you know what I mean, so how much? And unfortunately,
1: no one else can see that either. That, well, that's just the other thing. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, you can you can hold something and say I, I see. Yeah, what Mary Queen of Scots? Yeah, no one, no one else. Can. Only you you, so you have to go. Yes, he yeah. can, or no, he can't. She comes up a lot, Mary
0: Queen of Scots, I've noticed in these sort of, um, you know, when you're reading stories about psychics and and mediums and that sort of stuff and people always pretend, or they, what's another one? Marie Antoinette's a big one. Yep. Um, on her way to get her head chopped off. Let Henry them eat the cake. X. They love all the, they love all the Romain of ones. Henry VIII, because he was a big glutton. Yep. He chopped all his wife's heads off, which, you know, a lot of men have secretly wanted to do at some point.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Not me, if you're listening. No, if
0: yeah. you're not. Sorry, I threw, I threw you guys under the bus yeah. again. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's quite interesting because I've never really, um, you know, picked up an object that came from a time where, I, well, actually, I picked up a penny from 1932, a British penny. Yesterday I just found it in my room. It was probably left over from one of my trips. Um, and you could sort of, in a way, um, with, you know, applying a bit of misty I'd sentiment to it you could sort of feel you know where other people's hands had been and and I started to think you know this was this penny was produced before the war and it traveled through people's hands and pockets throughout the war so it have, you know a lot of stories to tell so there's there's objects like that um but whether you touch them and they give you a sort of a 4d sort of uh version of events right in front of your eyes I I have a little bit of trouble with that I don't know I've always had a thing
1: with with library books.
0: You've had I've, a thing
1: with library books. Well, I've, I've always had to buy books new. Ne- never hire them out from the from the library. Yeah, because the library is full of weirdos. The library is full of weirdos people? and yeah. uh, other people that have, have have touched those books. Ah, fabulous. Nice. How many people read on the toilet? Absolutely,
0: that was on yeah. Seinfeld once, wasn't it? Yeah. But George took a book into the toilet and they couldn't—he couldn't return it.
1: Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's like flagged. It, it comes down to that as well, you know. Yeah, how many people have been through that book? And you know, I've—I've you, I've heard stories of people bringing home library books and and you know they get a weird feeling from it. But, mm. Yeah, I, I just don't like them. Got to—got <laughs> to be new.
0: Imagine the power you would get, though, if you were the first guy to handle Tutankhamen or something like that. Surely you'd sort of, yeah. your mind would almost make up
1: a, an image for you to sort of, to for you to have a look at, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, you can be one or two people. You can be someone that says, you know, the first thing that comes to your mind, oh, it was a vision, mm-hmm. or the first thing that comes to your mind was, oh, it's the first thing that comes to my mind, right? Mm. Um. There is that, Darren, I don't know if you've
0: noticed this, when I've seen things, um, you know, I'm talking about old paintings, I'm talking about things like Venus de Milo I saw at the Louvre and Leonardo Leonardo da Vinci's favourite uh, Gioconda painting. Um, When I've seen that, it does have a presence about it. Um, you know, you walk up towards a famous piece of art or something like that and you do get that kind of um, paranormal, almost an infrasound sort of feeling sort of rushing through your body, you know, like it's going to pop out at you or do you think that's just the image that's, you know, been built up over the years? Just, just yeah, the precedent?
2: I, well, it's hard to say, isn't it? Mm. But it's, it could be um, what we're, we're um, what we're we're carrying towards the object. Mm. The mistake and the reverence, or whatever. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's, I think like
0: that's it. it. I don't think there's anything more to it. Yeah, are you,
1: are you talking about seeing the originals? Is mm. it would you react <laughs> seeing to or, it? seeing or
0: touching something really historical? Um, that you can sort of, I was hoping to get that sort of um, what are the French courts It's like Jour de vie or something, isn't it? Anyway, I was hoping to get some sort of vision when I went to Omaha Beach that I'll discuss with you and. Uh, I didn't get the vision, so I'm a little bit dark on it. Everything was very methodical and full of tourists. And, do you know what I mean? Which is a little bit disappointing.
1: Yeah, well, I think that the feeling you might be describing as well is like finally seeing something that is a piece of history for the first time. I mean, would you get mm-hmm. the same reaction if you saw like a, a celebrity that you idolised? Mm. Like, mm. oh, you know, I was, oh, I was really them. They're right in front of me sort of thing. Mm. Good point. Get, get that energy. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, just oh. Something you've only ever imagined, or yeah, yeah, you know, you're, you're seeing something that you've seen pictures of
0: right in front of you. What do you do? You guys give any credence to people um, who say when they touch military equipment, old gun emplacements, things like that, um, they? They don't necessarily have visions, but I've heard stories of, of them hearing battles and things like that, particularly along the French coast um, and into Belgium and Flanders fields and stuff like that. Um, I hear a lot of people that go and visit um, these sites. Um, you know, they, they wake in the night with, with, you know, sounds of battles and all this sort of carrying on. There's a couple of famous cases of it, whether they're true or not, I'm not sure. Um, but by just by being in the environment and touching these objects that these you know, things are kind of replayed
1: again. Well, I wonder if, whether these people are actually fought in any wars as well, or whether it's mm. just, you know, the memories coming back, holding a bullet or something like that, and, you know, taking takes you back to that yeah. place. The last time you were in war and you held that bullet. Yeah. Because um, you don't really seem to
0: hear any modern um, stories like that, or well, I don't anyway. In terms of um, you know rips in time continuum or anything like that, or you know replays of the past, you don't. They tend to be all quite historical, you know, yeah. dating back to the '60s and '70s and stuff. In the modern, in the modern times, it's all kind of people faking uh, Loch Ness monster pictures yeah. and stuff like that. And what do you think,
2: Darren? I actually believe in it uh, wholeheartedly. Yep. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got the classical cases of Gettysburg and places like that, but that's supposed I've, to be super haunted, isn't it, Gettysburg? Oh absolutely. Yeah. I've experienced that myself. Um, I, I was I mentioned this last time actually, too. Uh, the place the house I grew up on in Saddle Hill in Dunedin. Um, both another person and I both witnessed uh, an Irish lady's voice going up the corridor. Yep. Um a Southern Irish accent, loud as can be. It just sounded like it was a wee bit muffled or out of sync though, so we couldn't exactly understand the words she said. But she sounded like she was talking to somebody in her own time. She's happy as can be, mm-hmm. um, and to me, that's more like, more like like you said, a ripping the time space continu-
0: continuum. Mm. Or something. That, that's a dimensional sort of shift, isn't it? From yeah, a,
1: or like a resi-
0: residual haunting. Mm. Yeah, but do you think? So, yeah, that's a good point, Sam. Do you guys class it as a residual haunting, or would you class, you know, would you give would you give credence to it being some sort of time slip or.? Well, it could
1: be either, either. We, yeah. we don't really know the answer. You don't
0: discount time slips at
1: all, though? I wouldn't. No. I um, suppose in your game, you can't but, really, can you? Yeah, I mean, or is it one and the same? Mm. Um, that's I mean, a good point. Residual yeah. haunting, time slip, you know. Um, is it a recording in time, or is it a recording in the actual surroundings, say the building? Mm. Um, and and what's holding on to that, for lack of a better term, what's holding on to that energy? What's projecting this um, this activity back? Yeah. Um, is it time? Is it is it uh, high EMF magnetism? Is it yeah. some sort of energy that's been held on?
0: Yeah. Uh, Darren, the just. Just to finish off the show, we'll talk a little bit more about your ghost pick, which I've put up on the Facebook site, so people can have a look and tell us what they think. Is the town of uh, St Bathens where the Vulcan Hotel is located, is that close to any hydroelectric dams or anything like that? No, not that
2: I'm aware of. No. It's,
0: uh, it's way out in the Wap It's It's okay. amazing, yeah. So it's kind of just a little gold mining settlement. That's the one with the old sort of holiday school, isn't it? Is that the place?
2: Yeah, it just basically consists of one street, um, yep. which has a, an old school, uh, a church, uh, the Vulcan Hotel, of course. Yep, A few other old buildings, an old post office, um, uh, an old office where they traded gold, um, but that's about it. But it's so... Uh, how do you describe it? It's so peaceful and quiet out there. It's unbelievable to go to a place where you never hear a car. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> you know, it's just a, it's a real jewel of a target. It really is. Yeah. I, I'd recommend it to anybody.
0: Absolutely. And uh, you might even see a ghost. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> where are you going next on your investigative travels?
2: I think I'll be getting back to um, Old Cromwell because, yep. you know, like we were talking before, you know, with psychometry so and that, or uh, you know, um, residual hauntings. Mm. That place. I think geographically, some places do seem to be better than others, and that place does really seem like a hot spot. The
0: haunted Auckland team might, uh, if you ever I get out so. of Auckland. Yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be awesome. That'd be yeah. awesome to, to maybe join forces and have some sort of um, north south sort of um, you know investigation into the
1: yeah. Well, I mean we're always, we're always looking. I mean we we're, we're called haunted Auckland, but we do yep. like to travel. So Yep. St. Bathans has been on my list for a while.
0: Are you just on your um, footage from um, Helen'sville? Yep. you said you've still got some EVPs and and video and audio evidence to review. Yeah. Okay. On a typical night, how much of that would you take, you know how long does it take to review a whole whole
1: night? It can work? it can take weeks. Really? Yeah. I mean, especially if we if we leave um, DVR cameras running overnight. Sure. Um, I mean, typically we'd have a DVR set up. We'd have our own handy cams running and things like that. Yep. Um, and that's just the visual then. Audio recorders, you know, like I said, I left that running all night. Yep. Um, so you'd have to listen to the whole thing as well. Yep. Um, um, you don't all do it yourself, though. You've got the rest, rest well, of the
0: we, gang chipping.
1: We review our own stuff. Oh, so okay. if, if it's yep. if it's our cameras, we review our own footage. If it's you easier get, that way. you
0: get something, then you get some sort of peer review from there, don't yeah. you?
1: Yeah, Okay. So we've we've got a, a, a team Facebook page and, yep. you know, if there's anything worth um, – thinking, oh, you know, maybe the team should listen to this. I don't know what it is. Mm. Um, then, we, then we'll then we play it back and we'll say, well, maybe I think it's someone talking or... Which is, on another note, well, we, we always like to have video cameras on ourselves while we're doing EVP communication sessions. Why is that? Um, just because if you hear like a noise that you think, oh, that might be a whisper... Um, at least you've got a visual on it as well. Sure. So you know, it's so, so if you get it's amazing how many times you time. Yeah, it's amazing mm-hmm. how many times you speak without actually realizing. Yeah. Or you, you self commentate. So, you know, you're like, Oh, I'm just gonna go pick this up <laughs> And you know, you're asking questions and you think, Oh yeah. Did I hear a whisper? And you're listening to the audio and then you go back to the video and you say, Oh well actually it was me. I was yeah, I was just saying I was doing something or Yeah. yeah. All right. Good times. Thanks for coming on, Darren.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, it was a real pleasure, and um, nice having Sam here too. Very good investigation team, by the way. I've seen some of you work. Oh, thank uh,
1: you. There you go. You're getting feedback already. Yeah. We must be doing an all right job then.
0: (laughs) You must. You'll have to join Darren down south at some point. Yeah, sounds good. Not a a worry. Good man, Darren. Thanks for coming on. And that was Occam's Razor episode 32, Um, and we'll catch you...